Greetings and welcome to Veritas. I'm Mel Hostelbrick. This week, I'm spending time with my family as we truly say farewell to 2020. I will end this year with a classic interview with someone I considered a friend, someone I admired quite a lot, and someone who left us too soon. I'm referring to Hilary Ramo. Hilary passed away unexpectedly on November 12, 2020. We actually did three interviews together, which you can find on our website. I chose the very first one for tonight's encore because we've been ringing the alarm about this techno-Marxist dictatorship approaching. And even back then, many criticized us for sounding too conspiratorial, saying this would never happen here. People are now paying attention. Say a prayer for Hillary and her family. Heaven has one more star. May she now find all the answers she was always seeking. And to you, dear and loyal listener, may 2021 bring you and your loved ones much health, peace, and prosperity. I will be back with you next week. Much love to you all, and Happy New Year. always had, the answers you were never given, the place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Are we living in a social dystopian future where our lives are molded into a digital connection, where everyone is constantly rating everyone else, and a person's average rating ends up dictating how they're in turn treated by the people around them? Are we becoming addicted to social media validation? Did you know only 4% of the information on the World Wide Web is available to a search engine? Where is the other 96%? Did you know artificial intelligence is learning to read your mind and display what it sees? A computer guesses what people are watching based on brain activity. Let's muse the possibilities when we combine intuition digital age technologies and human consciousness you are listening to veritas if this is your first time welcome home to listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material join the veritas family and click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com you can make your purchase with a credit card paypal cash check money order and even cryptocurrency we are now accepting bitcoin litecoin and ethereum don't forget to visit the Veritas store for Focused Life Force Energy, MMS, CBD Pure Hemp Oil, Divinia Water, Pure Organic Sulfur, Flash Drives with all our Sanitas and Veritas Seasons, and other great products. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. And if you're listening on YouTube, like, subscribe, and share it. And click the bell to be notified when new interviews are available. And now, here's your host, Mel Hostelrick. And to discuss all these topics and more, tonight's special guest is Hilary Ramo, an award-winning photographer, artist, and writer. Hilary has been a radio host in the truth-seeking genre of alternative media for 13 years. Her interviews have included the who's who of alternative history 
Her shows offered a public platform to whistleblowers who could discuss topics without censorship. Topics like GMOs, cannabis laws, the truths of 9-11, UFOs, and cosmic realities of life out there. One of the few female voices in alternative media early on, her ability to bring out the information in her guests was widely well-known and respected. She is the author of two books and has also contributed to and consulted on 16 books. Hillary is a regular writer for the popular online magazine Rebel Society and spends time creating inspiring and informative social media content. Her focus being on the realities of life in the digital age and how consciousness is key to more sustainable living. Hillary Ramo joins us directly from Albany, New York. Hello, Hillary, and welcome to Veritas. How are you? Hi, Mel. Thanks so much for having me here. It's a pleasure. A pleasure is all mine. Are you in Albany? Did I, did I say that right? Yes, you did. Yes, I am. Excellent. Well, as I was telling you offline, sometimes I am I gravitate to interviewing other radio hosts because, you know, I, of course, I love all my guests, but, you know, they have a silo of information. They see a certain color, and that's their focus. But when I talk to other hosts, I just love it because your perspective, your kaleidoscope is so much bigger. And, you know, you and I interacted a few weeks ago and we connected again. So I'm glad you're here today. For those people who may not know who you are, and I know they do, but those who might not, let's begin with your background. You have a similar background to mine in business. And I want to know what experiences you had that transitioned into who you are today. Well, that is a really big question, but it's a good one. <laughs> it's important, actually. Um, my background is in uh, real estate and insurance and the corporate world. And I've also gone into, you know, some spiritual pathways. I've, I've, um, I'm a Reiki practitioner. I've taught Reiki students for years and years. I had a very successful practice in the early 2000s. Lots of very successful students out in the world doing great things. Uh, that was part of my spiritual journey. And uh, it was a, an awakening of sorts that brought me out of the corporate mindset into asking better questions and looking into different areas of research and study. And uh, kind of as a hobby at first, I suppose, I was working with Lynn Andrews, who is a best-selling author. She's written about 19, 20 books at the time, and she recommended I go into David Icke's work. So opened the Pandora's box with David Icke's work. And I read through everything that he had put out at the time and, and had all these kinds of psyche openings and <laughs> aha moments and revelations, if you will, and realized that there was a lot going on in the world that really made a lot of sense after navigating through those different avenues, you know, the corporate world, the spiritual world. And David Icke was really a, a, a push out into that stuff out there. The conspiracy thing kind of came along with it as I started to do the radio show. I did the radio show. I started the radio show as a result of needing an outlet to discuss the information. And at the time, you know, alternative healing techniques like Reiki and, and energy and stuff were just kind of starting to be talked about on a mainstream level and people were really kind of, eh, what's that stuff? What is it? And so I was, oh, I'm always a little ahead of the game, I think. I'm always working on something or doing something where it's not quite, hasn't quite caught on, so it's relatively new. That seems to be my theme. And I used to think that was really annoying <laughs> until I realized 
that it's actually a gift, that you're actually led to things maybe prematurely where it's not quite accepted yet mainstream-wise. And, you know, you're the first one there and you're looking around and you're, you're, you're digesting information and you're getting a feel for different topics and different subjects and how they all intertwine together. And the 13 years that I was on the air was very... Uh, gosh, it was just an amazing experience because... I handpicked my guests. I didn't have anybody producing my shows for me. I sponsored myself. I paid for my own airtime. You know, this was all just really me doing it. I didn't have anybody helping me really or doing anything or booking my guests. No scripted shows, nothing like that. And I got to talk to a person each week for almost 13 years. And this was this was almost like a, a massive gift of being able to ask questions and go into different topics. And so it's kind of like an unusual education, if you will. So some of these topics were on the fringe. Some of them were considered conspiracy theories. Some some of them were whistleblowers. Some of them were healers. And some of them were, you know, from wide varieties of different backgrounds. And I accumulated this really intense body of knowledge inside myself and started to put things together and weave things together. And I started to write and put articles together. And I had a blog for about five years and I still blog now and then, but I was doing it pretty consistently. Then I write for Rebel Society. And so I kind of put it all together now in a, in a mixed match kind of way that helps to bring out a different perspective on information. You know, anybody with a microphone and a computer can do a radio show. But when I started, I was doing terrestrial radio around here in upstate New York. For about a year, I had a talk show and an AM station. And then I did FM for a little while. And then I got into online radio. And it just kind of blossomed from there. And it became uh, something that I just became known for. And I didn't stop for 13 years, and I just recently stopped broadcasting for a little while, but here I am talking to you. So radio always seems to find me. <laughs> That's why I'm not going to use the word past you know, past tense, because I did sense a few weeks ago that you said that you're more, more or less retiring from it. Is it just a sabbatical? <laughs> Is it just a temporary thing? Hopefully after today's <laughs> talk, you'll you'll reconsider. Well, you know, this, the, the thing is, is that I, I prefer doing, I did a political show during the campaign, uh, the presidential campaign here in the States. And I was asked to host it. It was put on by another production company. It was somebody else's thing. And they asked me to be the host. And I really enjoyed that because then I didn't have to do everything. I just had to show up and do the talk and hang up. And then I had a whole team of people who were putting together the podcast and producing it and, and organizing all of that and booking all the guests. Because as you know, if you're doing it yourself, it's a tremendous amount of work. <laughs> Tell me about it. That's why we, I only do it once a week. Yeah. So people think it's really easy to get online and do an on. Oh, you do an online radio. That must be so easy. No, there's a lot to it. And you develop relationships with publishers and, you know, publicists and people and authors and people that do all this kinds of stuff. So I've made a lot of really great friends in the industry. And I have to say most of the people I've worked with have been fantastic. And, um, you know, you have to, you have to be professional, but my business background helped to, polish that. And it, it, you know, I pulled on skills that I had had for years to do the radio show and it worked. It was successful at it. And I really enjoyed it. And, and, you know, I say I'm done, but you know, you never know if I went back into it, it I would really need to have the right platform. I find now, and I'm going to, I'm going to say this and probably upset some people, but I find now that most people in this 
alternative radio industry, because it is an industry, have kind of become more about scandal and more about, you know, finding the dirt on everything instead of really bringing good quality information to the surface. And it's it's a bit of a turnoff to me, and I don't really like to get involved in anybody's network. Or I've had some bad experiences, and I have some have had some great experiences, and the bad experiences we learn from. But, you know, there's just some really – bad people out there that just do the wrong thing for all the wrong reasons, and I don't want anything to do with it. So it really would depend on the platform, and I would most likely have to do it all myself again, and that that would have to be a big decision. I totally hear you. It's, it's almost as if I'm nodding my head thinking, you, you've been at this longer than I have, and I bet you that you have you know, stepped upon certain potholes, if you will, that I did also, it's almost like a, a rite of passage to a lot of us. We trust people. All of a sudden, you know what happens. Or you join a network because they call you and they say, hey, would you like to be part of this network? But then you realize that was not the right choice. Or then you get a, a lot of people requesting shows, as you said, looking for dirt or about spreading fear. But eventually you realize that's not what I want. What I want, in my case, I want the truth. And I know sometimes the truth hurts. But I really want something uplifting. I want to give hope at the end of every interview because I know that's the last thing that we want to lose, hope. Well, one of the, the intentions that I set when I started my show way back then was every show had to have some kind of uplifting, positive ending to it because unfortunately this material, like some of the things we'll talk about tonight, when you get into these heavier topics, it, you leave listeners feeling slimed. If yeah. you don't give them some hope at the end of the tunnel kind of thing and you t or, or you tie it back into, you know, the bigger picture type thing or where we can go. And then unfortunately, some of the stuff that we're getting into now is rather dark and is rather heavy. And if you look at the climate here in the States, especially right now, you have a fear-based social engineering experiment happening as far as I'm concerned. And you really just have this kind of thing where everybody's afraid, everybody seems suspicious, there's so much distrust, and it's breeding something really dysfunctional and ugly. And if you can't talk about that, you're really just kind of ignoring it and letting it grow over there in the corner by itself, and it's becoming the elephant in the room. And when you go into these topics, it's really important to be able to discuss them from a centered, balanced, grounded place. Otherwise, you get all over the place. And so, you know, one of the things I worked with with the show uh, was making sure my guests were on board with that, too. So nobody ever came onto the show with the intention of just sliming and getting off and leaving everybody hanging. They always knew that at the end we would talk about how to handle this, even from a consciousness perspective. And I'm really, really thankful for my my background in the healing world and the business world, because merging the two is very possible. And I think that's pretty much what we have to understand now as we move into kind of a new age, really. We're moving into a digital age. We've been here for a while, but what's happening is it's becoming extremely alarming, some of the things. And, and people are just not paying attention to the information because they're off arguing about Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton and you know, who's a racist and who's a bad person and who, you know, what can we do to find out all the, the scandal and dirt? 
they're not really talking about the realities of certain things that should be talked about. And I'm really glad that we're going to be doing that tonight. But uplifting at, at, even through the show was important for me because it's not like I just want to give people a bunch of depressing, hard truths and then say, okay, see you later. Because that really wasn't ever my intention getting into radio. I wanted people to get the information, but also be able to do something with it. It's kind of like going through David's work. I mean, when you go through David Icke's work, you're, you're really bombarded with a lot of negative stuff. But because my spiritual teacher at the time had told me to go read it, being the good little student apprentice that I was, off I went and read the work. And I would get through it knowing, gosh, why would, why would Lynn tell me to come out and read this? Okay, there must be a reason. So I got through it, and there was a reason. It was to understand the information, tie together a bunch of different topics. I didn't agree with everything he wrote, and that's okay. Because even in this show, if you're listening to the show, you may, you know, take what resonates with you and leave the rest. I have no attachment to, you know, investing your energy into everything that we talk about or everything. You might not agree with some things and that's okay. But anyway, that was part of, that was part of my original intention into getting into radio was to not only talk about the hard stuff, but to bridge some kind of, some kind of reality that would allow people to integrate the information into their into their daily lives without falling apart and having psych, you know psyche breakdowns. And as you said, it's we have to do this from a center perspective. And folks, also we don't want to be we don't want to be Pollyanna. We don't want to be saying that everything is right, everything is wonderful, and smells like roses because we know that's not true. Also, we don't want to be meditating our problems away. But we, what, what we want to do is just have you be in awareness. And once that's done, then give you solutions. That's the, the important part. A lot of people talk about the problems, but they don't tell you how to circumvent the problem, how to fix the problem or offer a solution. If that's the case, why even bother? It's a good question because why bother is right. Why bother talking about this? You know, years ago, you couldn't even really talk about conspiracy theories without getting looked at like you, you know, were one of those UFO nuts. You know, it's really very well coordinated to mock and make fun of and discredit people who do this. And I think ever since Donald Trump has been elected, he has helped to nurture that climate. And I'll get into that a little bit later, but I think what we're really seeing is an attack of sorts on alternative media. I think it's been infiltrated years ago, Mel. I mean, I've been doing this for a long time, and and when people just start popping up, it's kind of like the lecture circuit. When you just start seeing the same people going to all the conferences all the time, you have to start wondering, where are the fresh voices? Where are the people that, you know, may not have nine bestsellers on the New York Times list, but actually have some legitimate, authentic information? How come these conference organizers aren't asking other people to come to them. I always see the same list of people on all these different speaking conferences, UFO Because they sell tickets. I don't mean to interrupt you, because they sell tickets, but nothing new comes out of it. No. But you have, you have hundreds of people who go to these conferences and they, you know, religiously go to these conferences to listen to all these people speak and all of them say the same thing and they all go through the material in the same way. They might present something new here and there. But at the end of the day, what they're really doing is selling books, and it's a business, and the conference organizers always, you know, not always are they on board with the, you know, truth-seeking 
free information thing. They're, they're there to make money. Um, and I, I think that that's a problem. I think, I think this is slowly becoming an over, like a corporation. It's becoming like a business where. Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it because you don't want to believe. You want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.